0: Hey, everyone, and welcome back to Data Bytes podcast by Women in Data. My name is Sadie St. Lawrence, and today we will be discussing talent acquisition and building strong teams. This is our second episode in a three-part series on data and AI at the core of transformations with Accenture. I'm excited to be joined by my co-host again for this series, Sampta Kapoor. Hey, Samta, great to chat with you again.
1: It's a pleasure, Sadie. I'm excited about our podcast today. Definitely. So why don't I go ahead and introduce our guests for our guest for today, who is Arnab Chakravarti. Arnab actually heads our U.S. West for Applied Intelligence as well as North America. So he's playing a big role as a global managing director in Accenture's Applied Intelligence practice. He has over 20 years of experience consulting in business analytics. Before joining Accenture, Arnab Played a pivotal role in scaling up enterprise wide analytics capabilities globally for Hewlett Packard and GE Capital. He also held leadership positions at KPMG Consulting and has worked across high tech and electronics, life sciences, financial services, consumer goods, and manufacturing
2: industries.
1: Thank you for joining us today, Arnab.
2: Absolutely. Santa Sadi, thanks for having me here. Uh, really excited about the discussion.
1: Awesome. Sarna, with your experience and having worked across industries, done large-scale transformations, what what are the key components that you think are very important to build a strong team?
2: Yeah, no, that's a that's a great question. You know, building strong teams and what goes behind that. I think there are some common universal truths, you know, on that. First and foremost as I've worked across multiple industries and uh, built teams across geographies, I think one thing that always comes across is what's that purpose? What's the shared purpose that everybody in the team can relate to and rally around? I think that is very, very important. If I take the example back when you the know, United States was putting uh, you know, the, the people on the moon, and I remember the famous quote when JFK was visiting NASA, uh, the janitor said, you know, his, his job is to basically put people on the moon and that shows the full understanding of the vision, you know, and the purpose and the role of the of the individual right. Um, so that to me, I think, is extremely critical to build a strong team. And the second dimension that is extremely important that follows that is the culture that we create, which is really encouraging diversity of thoughts and perspectives at the same time, you know, individual strengths and expertise that are complementary to each other in the team. I think that is again, very, very important. And one one example that, uh, you know, inspires me always is I'm a big Avengers fan. I don't know if both of you have watched all the series, but if you think of what Avengers does is these are all superheroes. Each of them are individually brilliant, but what makes Avengers special is their collective heroics, right? And I think that's what I believe is very important for a team to shine with the collective, just focus on the individual brilliance.
0: Yeah, that's fantastic. I love the analogy of the Avengers and also the janitor, you know, it really just aligns with the purpose. When everyone knows, you know, I hope that teams I lead when you ask anyone in the organization that everyone points to the same purpose. I think there's nothing more that makes you proud as like a leader when everybody can clearly, you know, say and align to that. So that's fantastic. Um, But I'm curious, you know, in terms of building these high-performing teams, like how does this differ for data and advanced analytics? Are these the same principles in building high-performing teams and, and what may be a little different, particularly for these types
2: of roles? Sure. No, I think I think uh, the, the, the fundamentals are still the same. You know, you need to have a sense of purpose. If you think of data and analytics, it, you know, there has to be a sense of purpose as to what are we actually going to do with data and analytics? What business problems are we going to solve? What impact we are going to create in the community that we live? I think that is extremely important. That drives the passion, you know, of, of the analytics practitioners. I think the second dimension that is extremely important when you build data and analytics teams is, it's a team sport. You know, it's a team sport with different skills that are needed. You need you know, a storytelling skill. You need the scientist. You need the engineer. You need the business acumen person. And, and, and I think that is extremely, extremely critical. I almost think the analogy of Avengers is so relevant for the data and analytics field, right? um you know we need someone like a tony stark you know we need you know someone like the captain americas and that's what makes the team so special and i think the 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 third dimension that i would put which is extremely important for a data and analytics team is the latitude to take risks experiment and the uh, you know uh, i would say freedom to fail i think it's extremely important because in the field of data and analytics, if you are not experimenting, you are not innovating. If you are not trying, you are you know you are not learning. If you are not failing, then you are not taking risks. You know, and uh, I think those are some of the very important aspects of the culture uh, that is needed in a data and analytics practice.
1: Yeah, Arnav, this is amazing because as you talk about being able to experiment, innovate, it makes data and analytics very exciting. I mean, it is exciting, but this helps put it in perspective. And as we speak, I'm also realizing my Avengers is not my A-game right now. So I have to go back and kind of figure out <laughs> what <laughs> happens there. Uh, but having said that, uh, what in in doing this, Arnav, right, in building these high performing teams, what are the skills that you think are core or super essential to doing it?
2: Yeah, I think, I think the, I think this is a great question because the field is moving so fast that we have to constantly you know, keep a track of the evolution of the skills. If you think about 20 years back when I started, there was no term like a data scientist, to be honest. Those days we were calling ourselves as you know, modelers, you know, as people who are doing modeling. And, and you know, my, just to, again, just to joke around here, people used to say, you you don't look like, you know, the fancy ramp walk person, but you seem to be doing modeling. So, you know, there was different understanding of the jobs we were doing and thank God, you know, technology evolution happened and big data happened and everybody now uh, feel like data science, big data analytics is the coolest place to be. Uh, But, you know, clearly you need people who understand the business. Analytics has to start with business. So you need a very strong understanding of the business act you know, concepts, you know, without that, your analytics is not going to solve anything. Um, I think I talked about the data scientist. I think that's the field I think is super critical so that they can actually look at the data and, and create the models and predict the insights. Now that field is by the way, evolving. Today, you know, from data science to machine learning as, as things are evolving, we now need to put those models into production. And one of the field that is going to be very important in the near future is, machine learning engineering. I think that's going to be a very, very important field to help productionize and industrialize the whole algorithms you know, and, 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 and integrate that into business process. The third dimension that is extremely important is the underlying data foundation and our ability to do the engineering of the data, stitch the whole data supply chain together, which is the fuel for all the cool AI that has to happen on top of it. I think that's, again, a very, very important skill set. And then the last but not the least, what I call as the last mile, which is the adoption of all the AI solutions, that is extremely critical. And for that, we need a completely different discipline about understanding of the human persona. This is where the art and the science starts coming together. You need strong storytelling skills, right? You need strong UI UX, design experience to create immersive ways in you know consuming the insights coming out of the cool analytics and and that just opens up a whole new discipline of understanding human psychology sociology arts and and creative fields to come in the field of analytics so i think that's the that's the mix of you know plethora of different skills and expertise that will be required the one other traditional point i will make is The field of analytics is getting completely transformed uh, with the cloud platform players, the MAGs. And and in the future, we will need also very deep understanding of the MAGs uh, platforms and how we can have certified skills and capabilities around those MAGs platforms, uh, I think will be extremely important.
0: Yes, I love the fact that you've mentioned that data science wasn't a term when you started in this industry (laughs) and how these terms have evolved but also the skill sets have evolved i mean not only data science but what you're talking about with machine learning engineers i mean these are all these new terms are coming out rapidly how we're using cloud applications that has to provide a lot of barriers in how we build these diverse teams and find these skills so what do you feel like those barriers are, and how do you overcome them?
2: I think this is super critical, and this is, I would say, the hardest part. You know, when you think of creating diverse teams with diverse skill sets, background, you know, race, ethnicity, gender, all of that, um, it's it's there are a few things that are required, and I see, you know, we as leaders. Uh, have, you know, come across with challenges. First and foremost, it's about the intent. You know, we as leaders have to actually have a very serious intent of inculcating diversity in our teams when it comes to data and analytics. It cannot be a lip service. We have to hold up to that. Whether, Whether we are hiring analyst and consultant level practitioners or we are hiring leadership level, we have to always be very aware, cognizant, and commit to it. I think that's, that's number one. Without that commitment, it's very hard to execute. So I think that's point number one. Point number two, I think, is certain degree of awareness about our own unintended biases, right? So for example, we would think like data scientists or you know all the cool ML people can come only from certain universities because those are the top universities. Hence, we want, only have to go there. That's again an unintended bias. It could, you know, you could actually get really, really very strong talent pool for data science and ML, even if you don't go to the tier A universities or tier B, you can go even to the tier C universities and the top notch talent from there might also be very good actually, right? So again, an example of an unintended bias. Similarly, if you think about, um, you know, as you, as you look at the disciplines, Earlier, you would go for people with math, computer science, statistics, operations research for analytics talent. Today, you are actually looking at disciplines like human psychology, sociology. You know, people who are doing neurosciences. So very different fields where you can again find strong talent that can come and be part of your talent pool. If you think about you know age, race, gender, and all that. Um, Earlier, people would think that, okay, if you have to bring talent, then, you know, you will only bring talent who is currently in the workforce or getting into the workforce. I mean, very recently, Accenture has done a very interesting program about bringing moms back. There are so many moms who have taken a break for, you know, a few years to many years, but have all the requisite skill sets. And uh, could we, as organizations, create a structure and a framework and, and a platform through which we can bring those uh, individuals, you know, talented individuals back into the workforce, I think creates a huge opportunity. So I think, you know, the the whole follow through with the right intent uh, and, and, and taking care of our unintended biases, I think goes a long way. And then the third dimension that I would say is there are certain orthodoxies that, you know, we need to challenge. And this is something I learned back when I was in Europe is if, you know, if you're in Europe, as you know, that there is language dependency and every country has their own language. And if somebody has to lead, for example, an analytics and AI team in one of the European countries, you would have certain orthodoxy that it, they have to probably speak that language, right? Otherwise, how will you engage with the clients? And I was told that when I was moving to Germany. And honestly, I personally experienced that, that, you know, analytics, data science, AI is a universal language, you can actually use you know that to your strength, and you don't have to speak the native language, um, and and still be very successful. But again, that that requires leadership commitment to challenge those orthodoxies and and create the opportunity for individuals to shine. So yeah, that's a little bit from my side, uh, Santa, about uh, you know some of the things I think, and uh, Sadie from from your perspective as well. You know some of the challenges uh, that come in the way, you know, while we create uh, uh, diversity in our teams.
1: Yeah, and that's actually, those points are really, really valid and very good for all of us to think about, right? Are the unintended biases. Like we're not wanting to be biased one way or the other, but it just, just by nature that you tend to kind of sometimes go down that path. Um, So with that, and what are your like top three key learnings or top three key things that you think one should keep in mind as they're building high-performing teams?
2: Yeah, I would say, you know, last 20 years of my, you know, privilege that I've got to build teams across geographies, I think few things have always been core for me. First and foremost, try to, you know, attract talent that is better than you. I think it's very important for us to surround ourselves with people who are smarter than us. I think that's how we alleviate the overall you know, level of excellence within the team. Otherwise we are going to encourage mediocrity. So I think that's point number one. Point number two is creating that environment where you know, individuals have a very safe and secure sort of a platform to voice their ideas without you know getting uh, any kind of you know feeling of retaliation or getting any sense of rejection of those ideas because that will create a lot of interesting and innovation innovative ideas coming from the team from the bottom right and i think those are great opportunities for us to energize the whole team and then the third big area that i believe is to create a culture which i think i spoke about which is incentivizing and which is promoting risk taking, which is promoting experimentation and I think that's when the team will create an entrepreneurial spirit to try new things and will go much beyond even what the leadership is expecting from those teams.
0: Yeah, so I I think that's a lot of really great points. Um, just especially overall, I know a lot of people come to Women in Data with, you know, frustrations about hiring diverse teams. You know, and you talked on a lot of these points with. The skills are new, they're evolving constantly. So making sure you have just the right skills and then making sure you have that diversity of thought, whether it be gender, ethnicity, background. Sometimes it can really feel like you're looking for a needle in a haystack. <laughs> and so I think this is; these are really good learnings just in terms of when you are feeling like you're looking through that needle in the haystack, how do you stay clear on that purpose? focused on the culture and that intent. And then I love the whole AI as a universal language. I've never thought of that. You know, we talk about music and all these things, but really I think data is becoming the language of the world. And I think when we look at it that way, it provides a lot of um, equalizers for all of us. So anything else that we, you know, haven't asked about or um, touched on today that you'd like to share just in terms of closing remarks here?
2: No, I think, uh, thanks for having me here. I would, would just say one thing for everybody who's listening to this is, you know, the next 10 years is the age of data and AI. We are entering the age of AI, and everybody who is choosing to, you know, make this as a career opportunity, and I can tell, you know, I just wish that I was starting now. This is probably the best time ever, you know, for anybody who wants to choose a career in data and AI.
0: Yes, that's definitely gets me excited. And that's a perfect segue for, you can introduce our next episode in the series where we talk about market disruptions. Cause you know, since we are in the age of data and AI it is disrupting a lot of markets. So definitely looking forward to that chat. Well, thank you Arnob, so much for joining us. Thank you Samta. you're an amazing co-host. I'm looking forward to chatting more and doing more of these. Thank,
2: thank you Sadie, Thanks it was a pleasure.